Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. We are back with Winona coverage talking about season four, episode three, Look at Them Beans, and episode four titled Afraid. First of all, episode three, directed by Melanie Scrifano. Claps, claps, claps. Mm. Absolute goat. And to top it off, this episode is peak weird. It's perfect. Melanie's yep. weird as hell. This episode is weird as hell. I mean, between the chili cook-off and the Nedley monster shooting it with kombucha to fix it. I mean, come on. How weird. How the fuck did we get here from Eden? To <laughs> yeah, right. How, exactly. how the fuck are we here? I, I texted you guys. I was just like, you could have gave me a million guesses. I never would have thought we were going in this direction. But I mean, it, it's still good. It's still enjoyable. I just... I. They feel like theory crafting from the first two episodes is just gone because I don't know if any of that's going to be touched again. But man, yeah, I guess we're back in purgatory full time. We got a time skip, 18 months, uh, but good episode so far. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's interesting to also try to think about the future, too, and that we have a midseason break. So we're going to get three and four. We're kind of way different than one and two. And then maybe five and six will be a little bit more similar to three and four, but then seven and eight feel like they might come out of left field as well. So this is an interesting <laughs> setup for the last season. That's out right now. Who knows? Right. That's out Just right now. That. Love that. About Hashtag you, bring Winona home, baby. Yeah. I'm looking absolutely. forward to it. Fight for Winona. Kyle's looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, you guys said it perfectly. This, this just, I'm watching and I'm like, how, how the heck did we get here? Literally, how do we get here? I enjoyed the episodes. I'm really excited and looking forward to see what happens next, Kyle. And yeah, let's just get into it. Rachel's going to be a new main character in the squad, which I didn't expect either. But uh, did any of you guys notice? Are you watching on Netflix? Did you see that the episode names are gone for just the final season? Yeah, it's so I, I, weird. I thought they switched it. But when I was looking up like episode recaps and stuff, it's they have names. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, They're all song names, country song names. Weird tangent. I just. It throws yeah. me off because I'm writing episode three and four for my notes rather than whatever they're called. So just weird. honestly, it just feels like someone didn't get back to them with that information. <laughs> someone at Netflix was like, hey, Winona team, I need those episode titles. And they're like, we don't have them. Sorry. They're called one, two, three, four. <laughs> they're okay. holding them hostage until Netflix picks them up for a season five. So, yeah, let's dive into episode three. I mean, we uh, we're kicking off with the bombshell that it's now 19, almost 19 months later. Um, a lot has changed in purgatory. People are being fucking hung in the town center. Winona's being framed for the murder of Randon Edley. Um, there's a problem with the borders, BBD quarantine, a lot of new characters, some some that aren't going to be main and some that are, obviously. Um, like Luke said, Rachel is... At the house, of course, mm -hmm. like you guys said, like what is Rand Richard is going to be there listening to them bang, which she exactly was doing. Yes, she just was. that. <laughs> we have Hilarious. the Clantons, which isn't a reveal until the fourth episode, but we've got crazy ass Cleo as the magistrate. And then we have a new sheriff, Sheriff Holt. Poor Nicole, our girl, no longer holds the title. And you could tell that it's it's cutting her deep. She wants that title. She deserves that title. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a little upset that we kind of I, we'll be able to talk about this now. The end of episode four, to me, kind of gave the reveal of why Nicole's been weird these last two episodes. Yeah, exactly. But I wanted that to be open ended so we could have mm -hmm. talked about it a little bit because I mm. thought it was going to be linked back to Waverly taking her book in Eden. But now okay. I'm just, now I'm just thinking she straight up could be a Clanton and that could am I going too deep for like I love it. Conversations. Jump. Yeah. Jump. yeah. We know so far when it comes to Nicole that basically her parents are POSs, right? They just mm -hmm. they neglected her. So and it, that's from her perspective or was that from Nedley's perspective? I, I think both. No, because. Yeah. Yeah. So that could be a thing like it could just be like she didn't want anybody to know. And that is where she came from. Yeah, I I'm not, want, I'm not I want that, that to be something. Yeah, because I've been asking for more on her backstory than what we've gotten so far. Like connected to the cult of Bolshar massacre that happened earlier. That's fine. But that also can deeply interconnect. That can work its way into her being a Clanton. And then how they mentioned a couple times here that the Clantons were arch enemies with with uh, Wyatt. Wyatt. Yeah. So that could all connect. And I would really like that. I think that would that would do it for me. I would feel better about it if there was like more hints about it earlier in the show I feel like if she was a clan things might have been a bit weirder 
between her and Waverly and and Winona because they are Erps. Obviously, Waverly and Winona don't know anything about the Clans yeah. up until Waverly does the research. But if Hot knows that she's a Clan, she's probably aware of the whole Erp rivalry. So I would have liked if that's going to be the way it goes. It, I mean, obviously, it might have been something they just thought of between right. season three and four. But it would have felt a little nicer if there was maybe some more hints. Because, I mean, if you if you think like if it happens in this season, then you want to think back logically of that. It's been happening technically right. the entire series. Then it kind of loses me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I still I do think it would be cool if that was the answer. But I think it's going to be as simple as she made a deal with the mom or whatever. They, what do they call her? Ma'am? Ma'am, yeah. Ma'am, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they made it that she made a deal with ma'am to, like she said, to, to help get Waverly out of Eden. And whatever that deal is, it's like, I guess, making the deal with the devil kind of deal where she's like, you, what, you think you don't owe me anymore? And it's just going to be one of those things. And we don't know, obviously, what opening that jar did to her, but I don't know. I'm a little upset, too, that we're getting another, like, version of Hot. Yeah, yeah. It seems like she's another like possessed hot for mm. lack of a better term i mean obviously we have no idea we'll see what happens in episodes five and six right could be turn out to be very good but just based solely off of what we know up until episode four i was a little sad at the end of episode four that she, something else was happening to her yeah i just wanted to be happy yeah i do too man and going back <laughs> to to we might as well just keep talking about nicole for now she seemed pretty normal with Waverly, except obviously preoccupied, except for when Waverly brought up the proposal again and saying, you know, you need the ring or whatever. And that's where she's like distracted or kissed her and, and changed the subject when you would have thought before the 18 month jump that Hot would have been like, yes, yes, yes. Let's let's get married right now. Like, I have to tell you, I've been dying to tell you. You've been, you know, even when she was gone, she was like, you need to get back or I need to get her back so I can say yes. Now yeah. she's kind of like changing the subject. So I don't know if that means there's a deal that has to do with that or something. But obviously there's something there. It could also I guess it can't connect to the fact that if she was a clan, she was worried about marrying an herb because that would have been a problem in the first place. So I guess that kind of cuts against that. Um, but I do want to just jump right back to what Kyle said at the beginning. I agree that I don't like that the Clantons weren't Seed Planet earlier, but if it does somehow connect to Nicole's backstory, that Seed was Planet at the end of Season 2, I think. Is when that at, is the end of Season 2 when they have that weird file look with yeah. dolls? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that the, her backstory being weird was always connected to that. So if this somehow is a family thing, then I think it in hindsight, it might pay off and we might be happier with it. But I agree. That was a, that was a complaint I have was that clans is just kind of coming out of nowhere. I think the words they used were um, they said Wyatt Earp's greatest enemies. And I put yeah. that in quotation. I was like, eh, I don't know about that. It seems like Bolshar was higher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the freaking snake of Eden. Yeah. Agreed. First of all, that's some like Montague Capulet shit you guys are cooking up. I love it. Um <laughs> And second of all, I hate that I can't fucking say anything because I don't want to spoil <laughs> anything, even if I don't mean to. So I guess I won't say what I was going to say. Um, but I agree with Kyle that at this point, I mean, at, at this point, I would have been watching for four weeks straight, not knowing what the fuck was up with Nicole. And I'm like, mm, come yeah. on, give me back Nicole. I need her to be cutesy, cutesy. I mean, there are like they were cute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when they were like banging on the kitchen floor, I'm like, come on. That's so cute. <laughs> but then again, she's like, do I have to make a PowerPoint of how much I love you or whatever? And she's like, I would call it hot topics. And she's like, yeah, why, why would I need that? I'm like, geez. Yeah, that was yeah a exactly. Comment. All she said, all a PowerPoint of all the good things you've done or the or something yeah. like that. And she's like, yeah. yeah, why would I need that? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I still want to somehow put Eve into this, but I don't. It's obviously not Eve because we know that she would know it's still Nicole, but there's something weird. But I, I just wonder at this point if we're even going to get anything anymore with Eve. I would say we have to get something. With I still to. think so, too. It's just crazy how, like, to me, the plot just fully changed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you I know? even have a note that says, uh, let me see exactly what it says. Yeah, after episode three, the question for me was, now is Eve being back to the big bad, or are we still going to go with these monsters in the woods? And then episode four, we get the clans, which is like, okay, I'm okay with it. It's just... I, like there's no way we could have seen that coming. Yeah. And it seems like 
we're what how many episodes of the season 12 so we're a third of the way through the last season that's available yeah. and mm-hmm. it does seem like we have we're a little bit lost at sea without our, and- without oars a lot of season left, friends. Yeah, also, I want to say that they they say something about the OK Corral, right? And yeah, uh, the clans actually were in the OK Corral, like in the history book. So that's kind of a cool thing. I mean, it's like, like I said, in the I think I said in the pitch down, it's like sci fi, but based in truth, which is cool. And I like that. Do they explain at all in these episodes that I missed where they kind of say why the clans are now? back to like living in the triangle or are we supposed to just assume they've always lived there and they're they're the enemy always and we just haven't come across them so for i'll just say for where you're at now you don't know okay because i was wondering the same thing because of like the whole first family thing that bullshar had going on for the whole season yeah i would have figured they would have been involved if they were currently living in the ghost river triangle or at least so when Waverly is doing her research and finds the cattle brand and it says the clans are in purgatory. It makes it seem like they weren't before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that that's true. They could have been elsewhere in the ghost river triangle too. But purgatory is only just a small part of it. That's true. I do want to say though, that hot's obviously under or been under a lot of pressure and stress. She's Mm -hmm. been pretty much holding it down for a long time. I really liked how they went into all of like the traps that her and Rachel have set up and they have the routine where they go and check it. And Hot's kind of been a little bit of a mom to her. I think it's even in episode three, they you say like the mom voice. Yeah. If it's three or four, mm-hmm. but um, I just like that their relationship was growing like that. And I just, it, it just puts a good picture in my head. of just thinking about hot holding it down on the home yeah. for that long. Obviously it's sad that she was alone kind of, mm-hmm. but it, it does. I really like that part of episode three. And it was funny that, it was like her versus the Nedley monster had been like a rivalry that had been going on a little bit. Yeah. Like even it, though yeah. it finally <laughs> hits them at the same time, her and doc. And they're like, it is Nedley. <laughs> I just want to say that I straight up said, as soon as doc was shooting at the monster thing, I was like, is that Nedley? I swear to God. Yeah. So, that's, we'll take that. I'm I mean, not I, saying like, I'm saying that's Nedley. I'm freaking right. But I was saying like, that was a thought that went through my head. Like, is that going to be Nedley? Don't shoot him. I mean, my first note for the entire episode, literally line one, was just no more Detective Hall and Nedley is dead. Like, I knew that was not real. I yeah. just had zero, like, just because of TV, like, kill him in the fourth episode off screen doesn't seem right. right. Um, and we'll talk about Nedley again more in a second. But one other thing I wanted to comment on about Rachel, uh, like, the more I think about it, the better it was that she lived through the 18-month time skip with Nicole, because that way more organically lets her be in the group and it not be weird that she's just a last minute tack on because she's been living with Nicole for 18 months. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how much time has passed prior to season four, like in between season one to three. Like, I have no idea how much time it could be 18 months. Like, you know, so so Rachel's in it. Rachel knows. I'm sure Nicole has caught her up to speed. So I feel a lot better about her being just a tack on, even though she's is technically a black badge division uh, daughter so she's she has reason to be in the story in the beginning of episode four when she's like we're looking for a winona sword gun the, gu- the gun sword or whatever and then mm-hmm. waverly kind of looks at her like why are you telling her that she's like she's part of the group okay she's been yeah. here for eight she's been living here she sees the wackiness it's fucking fine and thank god they said the sword gun thing because that's just like to me jimmy and kyle like we've been yeah we've been right. wondering what the, yeah. fuck the deal is with that where is the goddamn sword gun I also like that her and Winona have a nice moment. I think it's in episode three mm-hmm. where I guess she's been living in Winona's room or sleeping in the bed that Winona slept in at the very least when Winona was pregnant in and that weird doc cuddled thing. Yeah. That was that bed. But um, they even have a nice back and forth pretty early on. It doesn't really take them long to, to kind of have that, which is nice. I, I also think one of the funniest lines is she hits Rachel hits Winona with the okay John Snow in a B cup. Like yeah, yeah. I, 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 I laughed out loud at that one. That was yeah. really good. I think for a second you can almost forget that Rachel and Winona knew each other and fought in the in episode two together. So and yeah. they met in episode one. So they were only together for maybe probably three hours tops together, if if even that, but I mean, that was like a hellish moment. They're fighting zombies. So I guess you bond quick. But yeah. Two things that I want to ask you guys or or at least bring up. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't there wasn't there like that little scene with Winona and Rachel where it almost explains that 
Rachel wasn't always with Nicole during the 18 months. Didn't didn't want to say something about like, why'd you come back? And then she says because she was alone or something. No, she just means that Rachel was always a nomad. Like she was living on her own in the BBD facility for so long. Why did she come back? Why would she stay? Almost. Like, oh, why, okay. why did you I, why'd you stay? I thought she was saying like they split up and then Nicole was alone for a while at the homestead and then Rachel Mm-mm. came back later. OK, now, the other thing that I thought was funny and we're talking about like the 18 months and the, and, you know, we're talking about how this time works and everything. I was dying laughing. Our boy, Doc, who lived 100 years ago or whatever, is a scientist now, apparently, because he's like, there's some kind of like time dilation going on here. <laughs> like, I just love that he was the one that actually tells the audience that <laughs> there's something going on with the time dilation of the of Eden and the real world. <laughs> Doc is so funny in this episode. Yeah, First of funny. all, sexy. His like his uh, leather jacket look in this like his like vampire look. But when he busts into and he's like vacation is over assholes it's time for a holiday and then he's like glory hole is that really yeah. the name he of says this no no he, he says yeah, is that really the name of this latrine i was fucking dying at that. <laughs> yeah. and Can i also talk- i also let's talk about all the new characters because a lot of them yeah. got okay. introduced yeah, yeah. in totally. episode three Amen. You're going to talk about Eamon now? Is that the, is that the head of the That's glory the hole? demon head. Yeah. 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 He's, he's great. Like, I think he just has charisma. And I'm begging that he doesn't turn full on evil. I would love just like a, a neutral. He, he can even be a little gray. Just demon, demon. character yeah. that doesn't Doc have to be has, the complete enemy. Doc just has everyone loving him, man. Chemistry with everybody. Yeah. Jeremy, this guy, Winona, just everybody. So... A thing to note is like this show does a lot of good like um, bisexual lighting is what they call it. It's like the blue, purple, uh, pink, the colors of the bisexual flag. Mm-hmm. And it is like known that it's kind of a thing that people joke that like why it was Doc's boyfriend type deal. Um, and so like him flirting with Eamon, you know, Doc's just a flirt in general. But like yeah. I love it. Like a lot mm-hmm. of the bi lighting and the energy is fucking perfect Eamon? for me. Eamon? Eamon. Like Eamon. Eamon Targaryen? Mike Maester Eamon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say yeah. There, that's a big and, name to live up to. Sorry, Kyle. Doc and Eamon <laughs> flirting is very natural. Yes, yes. Doesn't miss a beat. He's not a doesn't stutter over anything. He's not, for lack of a better term, afraid to kind of dive into those waters and flirt with him in that way. I mm-hmm. it was honestly that was probably some of my favorite parts of the definitely the best dialogue. I would say. Yeah, I mean, episodes. usually with Jeremy, Doc's more like joking around and like yeah. it's more of like a. Yeah. I know that you want me, Jeremy, and I'm not like it's not weird to me. It's but just funny. Anyway. And I'm, yeah, I love you. You're my boy. And we're going to have this back and forth. But he was turning it up for this one. And I forget what he says, but there is a line where I was like, you're hitting on him, man. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Yeah, I forget what the line was, but I was like, you're working your magic, bro. When he's like. I love when he's like, you smell delicious and or something. He's like, I know. Like, yeah. It's so sexy. That, was, really that was the end when he goes back. I think because yeah. the first time he smells like shit, right? Like he smells yeah. like the skunk. I think he probably, I, I think always, skunk, every time I've seen it, he still smells like skunk. I think probably. it's the demons think skunk smells good. That's what yeah, I thought. That, I agree oh, with that. really? That's, yeah, what, that's I what I thought. thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that was the <laughs> point of like what attracts them to the trap. I don't freaking know. Okay. <laughs> Luke, speaking of the glory hole, hot, hot Mercedes. Pumps yeah. out. First of all, Porsche. Uh, what do they call her? Porsche, Porsche control. Porsche control. Just <laughs> ridiculous. So um, the curtains that she pulls through is supposed to look like a vagina. Yes, I saw. Yes. Yeah. So Melanie Scrabano had a hand in that. She's like, I want the curtains to look like a vagina. Glory hole. Amazing. I Let mean, me say the best line. When that's go ahead. Hit it. Oh my god, dude! I had to watch this scene three times because it's so funny. Her delivery is just so good when she's just talking. She's explaining the situation about why everyone thinks Nedley's dead and why why Nona's to blame. And she goes, "I tried my best to Meredith Gray, that magnificent old bitch, back to health." (laughs) And then, like a second later, she's talking about the monster who is Nedley. She goes, "It's like if Wolverine impregnated a chainsaw." She's just a fucking walking quote machine, man. She's so good. She's money. She's hot. Yeah, you love yeah. That, I love that, dark uh, hair. That Grey's Anatomy reference, Kathleen. I, I'm Kidding sure me? that did it for you. <laughs> I the first time I watched that, I paused it, rewound it, and Instagram read it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I first watched this part, I thought when she comes off stage, she kind of has like a leather thing around her neck that almost looks like it's like she's captive or something. Like it's like a collar almost. 
So I was like, it's like, yeah, I was thinking like, oh, that sucks. Is she captive? And then all of a sudden she's like, yeah, I'm pretending to be a vamp. Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) she did the same exact thing with Bolshar. Just she's just good with the fucking villain. It cracks me up. Yeah. Doc's like, oh, so you're a vamp now. And she's like, no, (laughs) just pretending. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Before we move off of Doc, I also love the scene with him and Charlene when he's like, I know this doesn't really like it's not their biggest problem, but Charlene and then he's like, Hoo-hoo! like, yeah, up. Um, and then the well, property brothers bit is so funny. I love well, that. If you're going to walk away from this doc conversation without talking about cock holiday, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking cock holiday, the bone broth soup or something or chicken broth soup, whatever it is. <laughs> What is that? What's a cock holiday? Cock holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Before we move on to more characters, can we just talk about, we should quickly just talk about the state of purgatory, how Mm. like demons are just completely integrated now. And this is a takeaway I had from episode four. And I don't know if if this is wrong or not, or what you guys are thinking, but basically I thought is what we were told from black badge that this is essentially purgatory. Purgatory is now a, case study on what it's like to watch when humans and demons are integrated and they just are just keeping them in this zoo like thing just to see what will happen and we're seeing yeah. what, okay that's that's what it is then right bbd is such a bunch of fuckheads they really yeah. are well it seems like they're and almost in jeremy's words that they're just people who have no idea what they're doing that got transferred into this division like the mm-hmm. one woman that crazy chick was a, a director at the fisheries and wildlife so yeah she and, yeah. she and i think she makes like some fist jokes and stuff which i thought was a good little aspect of her character she did. Mm-hmm. But, but jeremy even says like these people don't know what the fuck they're doing yeah, yeah. she like, references her bosses too do you think she did like, say they're scary or something yeah like yeah. are we uh, not kathleen but are we expecting them to be an entity that matters this season the like the higher ups of black badge i, I mean she so. yeah i mean she says like at, towards the end when she brings Jeremy back and they're going to bring the band back together. Um, what was her name again? The, the fish lady. Jan uh, agent fish agent <laughs> fish said like, you know, what's scarier than the demons, my bosses. And she mm-hmm. says they demand results. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have a feeling that they're going to get pissed at Winona and it's going to be a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Also black badge definitely knows about Eden. Yeah, they have to, so I mean, cause might- they were, they were doing the testing. Yeah. Rachel's yeah. mom is the one that clo- died closing the door to Eden. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of kind of the state of purgatory, a new character, Casey, the guy in the in the prison box with her, Andrew Fung is his name in real life, who is uh, kimchi and Kim's convenience. So fucking funny for any mm-hmm. Kim convenience fans out there. I loved him. He's so funny. He's such a bro. Like when he's yeah, he like good. When he at the end, when Winona wins, wins and he goes, glad it was you, Sally. I was just dying. Like, it's so stupid. Like, Sally. they knew each other for two seconds and they're like growing out. And she takes his bacon. Yeah, right. She ruins <laughs> his chili. She took his bacon. She totally got his bacon because mm-hmm. Waverly was trying to make vegan chili. You need meat for chili, man. That's like the. <laughs> that was a fucking. Hilarious. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. God, I forgot. Yeah. Have you ever She's had trying- vegan chili? She's trying to make vegan chili, and the first thing she does is throw a brick of cheese in the crock pot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, why not? It does that. Yeah, I know, but but also just a fun little thing when <laughs> when Waverly comes up with the Satan, and she's like, "Who's President Satan?" <laughs> or whatever, and then she and then she's like, "Not today, Satan!" and flips the thing. It actually hit Nicole in the eye. The board, the like, board oh, really? stuff in real life, like it hit Nicole in the face or it hit Caparel in the face, which Damn. sucks. But that scene yeah. is very funny. I mean, I think Cleo, I mean, I don't think she's even named as Cleo. She's known as the magistrate at this mm-hmm. point. She's so funny and outlandish and stupid. And I think she's such a funny addition to this scene because the Randy Nedley Memorial Chili Cook-Off for Freedom is one very dumb but also they've been talking about the chili cook-off all the whole series like mm-hmm. they've mentioned yeah. it at least three times yeah. through the series so first i was like not in for cleo at all i was like what the fuck is this like yeah this seems me like a, this seems like a sketch show now and then uh what's it what's the what's the guy's name that was her cellmate the guy that you just shout out kathleen guy? oh uh casey casey 
he kind of goes on, he drops a line or two in the actual bar saying how lawlessness has taken over. And then it, then it started to click like, okay, stuff like this could happen. And it gets even better when you're looking at episode four and looking back that the Clantons. So all those added up, like originally I hated the idea of it going goofy like this. And then it started yeah. making a lot more sense. And I was okay with it. And, and when you can appreciate it like that, Cleo is actually like hilarious. Like yeah. she's fucking yeah. hilarious. Yeah, Just doing random funny. shit. Yeah. I yeah, thought the same exact thing when I was watching for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to like what we said earlier in this episode, talking about how like how we just didn't know what the heck was going on. Like that really cemented it for me. I was like, chili cook off. Like what in the world is going mm-hmm. on with Winona Earp right now? Yeah. And then, I mean, Luke said it perfectly. I was fine with it by the end of it. It kind of does remind me of the magicians in the way where, in the magicians, when they would hand you something insane, I never questioned it. I was just like, this is just goofy. This is just yeah. fun, you know? And especially for B, it gets sci-fi goofed out. So I okay. love it. But like, it, it's some of my favorite episodes of television for B. But I remember watching on Sunday night when this aired live being like, what did I just watch? Especially when Winona's tied up at the end and they're shooting Nedley to clean him up with that goofy song. I mean, the song was so good. It's so good. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. People always say in the fandom, do you want to show somebody just kind of like a first episode of how wacky Winona gets you show them this? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, if you're not down with this, you're not going to like the rest of the show, which well, I don't know if that's true, but the but wackiness like is that. totally fine. And it's totally kind of expected even of this show, but the reason it was so weird was three episodes ago, we're in Eden yeah, fighting Garden for the, of Eden, fighting for like the fate of the world into this is the only reason it was such a switch up. And that's kind of the theme of what we've been saying this whole podcast of the plot switch up. And but, I think that's kind of the beauty of Winona Earp, right? The ability to be like, we're in the Garden of Eden and then being like chili cook off for freedom. Like, yeah, like yeah. the writers of the show understand. I mean, Think about last season when we had gnome wife, right? Like the literal gnome following them around being yeah. like, one of you is going to be my wife now. Like, it's just a ridiculous show. So I, I kind of like the like, I don't know if juxtaposition is the right word. Probably not. But like of you're in Eden and then you're chili cook off. It's jarring and it's funny to me. And also the I the, this scene and they it turns into I saw it as a as a gif or a gif. I'll say it both ways to not offend anyone But <laughs> on Twitter. And it's when Winona d- Drops the block of cheese in, and then Waverly and Hot are like, "Okay, okay, we got this, we got this." <laughs> yeah, we like, got they, this. They just yeah. they just say what the other one said back and forth, and they start rolling their sleeves up. I thought that scene was amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's nice to have Chrissy Nedley back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? yeah, I said last episode, I was like, she comes back, or at some point. Yeah, you did say that. I was like, she comes back, probably. And I'm glad it turned around pretty quickly, where she doesn't hate Winona, and mm-hmm. now they're all good, and Nedley's back, and so- nice quick fix for the Nedley disappearance. What did I miss that I looked away for like one freaking second of, of how they turned him back and what turned him into it? What did <laughs> it, I miss? It there? was the Sambuca, right? It was no, it was a water gun full of kombucha. Or kombucha. What That's I said. Yeah, it was Sam- Sambuca. <laughs> <laughs> That's it was alcohol, right? Because <laughs> Rachel had been making kombucha. Yeah. And that's why like Waverly is like, mmm, microbes. Like what she But what turned him originally? Oh, when he got bit in episode one. They're parasites. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, what what or Meredith, what Meredith was helping. Mercedes was helping him. Got you. His okay, ailments, okay. he he ended up turning. So, because Mercedes says he pulled a runner on me. So that's what happened, right? Like, he was turning, kind of like, uh, I would assume, like, when a dog feels like it's going to die and runs it's away. Cat. Kinda... Cats. Oh, cats do that. Yeah, so that's what I think. He pulled a runner and he goes. Oh, I um, didn't know that. Yeah, so. I learned something today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a little pause here. Not for an ad, but for something near and dear to our hearts. During the pandemic, our good friend Rick Worthy, a.k.a. Dean Fogg, Alpha Vampire, plus many, many, many more, started a charity with one of his good friends named Buddy's Healing Pauls. This charity is named after his beloved chocolate lab buddy and is a nonprofit that helps fund life-saving, specialty, and unexpected procedures for sick pets. Him and his amazing friend have a major passion for animals, and this is a great charity for you guys to take a look at. 
You can check out their Instagram at Buddy's Healing Pauls. Check out their website at www.buddyshealingpauls.org. We love the charity. We love Rick. So if you have that compassion, that love for the animals, give a, a little shout out on your Instagram. Check out the website. Donate. Buy a t-shirt. Buddy's Healing Pauls. It is a worthy cause. Love that. That's so good. Um, But yeah, so it's just goofy that that's what, got, what turned him, but again who knows what would turn a puffball back it's kombucha that's but it is it is funny that it was sambuca oh it was kombucha (laughs) (laughs) i I thought it was really funny i liked how he was just butt naked afterwards yeah right and they just shoot him with the t-shirt gun yeah and i like wear this and then he hugs winona and he's naked so he like hugs her but like grabs his balls and dick like with his hands so like it doesn't matter and she's yeah. I cracked up at that. She's yeah. doing like the the Holy Spirits in between us hug. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I mean, going back to the T-shirt gun, Cleo with the T-shirt gun during the cook-off made me laugh. I was dying. Ooh, right in the nads. <laughs> but just like the fact that it's this ridiculous thing. Like you're literally talking about that. We just said the Garden of Eden, the fate of the world. Now we're at a chili cook-off and Cleo's like, we got some T-shirts, baby. Yeah, right. Like it was hilarious. Even when she shoots it, it's like, oh, and it's XXL. It's like it's supposed to be like kind of like a thing. It's like it's going to fit Randy when later on. Yeah. You know, it's just the little things that I like. But yeah, it's ridiculous. The only other thing I wanted to say about episode three specifically, because it seems like we covered all that, is um, I thought Winona looked so fucking hot. Like, like, that a, jumpsuit? like a jump up. Yeah. Like, what the fuck happened where now I'm just hyper attracted to Winona? <laughs> Like, I thought it was, I mean, she's always been very good looking, but I think for me, for whatever reason, it was the end of season three that really just, she started doing it for me with the, remember we were talking outfit. about it with the leather outfit mm-hmm. and just, you know, yeah, I, I think, don't think it's yeah. a coincidence that it's the episode that she directed. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I remember her tweeting about that um, jumpsuit being like, that thing was sewn onto me within an inch of its life. Like it fits her perfectly. Like the cleavage and the everything. Oh my God, she is so hot. And it's funny because at the same time I was watching Lost Girl for the first time and Bo, the main character of that um, show, who was Kevin last season, was wearing mm-hmm. a prison jumpsuit that was like looked really good on her. I'm like, damn, Emily Andrews knows how to make a woman look good. In jail. <laughs> the hell? So good. But yeah, no, I'm good on. I think we, I'm we've good been on hitting three. some episode four stuff too yeah. already, but like just going through because we've been, hit a lot of the plot from episode three. So for episode four specifically, obviously the highlight has to be that we have Jeremy back Jeremy. in the fold mm-hmm. and Black Badge Division starting to become front and center. And we thought they were going to become yeah. front and center at some point. But yeah, like I wanted to bring this up because when Winona grabs Jeremy and says the whole thing about his arms and stuff, yeah. is that, that actually is awesome because does that mean that Eve, when Eve is mimicking somebody's body, it's how they currently are. Yeah. So like, because he was bigger, Doc was like, fuck yeah, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then Winona, Winona says at one point, she, she says it what, twice, dude. I yeah. forget what she says when she wants to, she's like, I'm down. If you yeah. are. And he's, like, he's like, I'm still gay. Yeah. He's like, still gay. <laughs> <laughs> You must have been body snatched, but honestly, I missed you so much. I'm down. Let's I'm go. Down. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, what the fuck? But, but yeah, uh, I guess yeah. Did, did he get noticeably like when he takes his? Is he eventually gonna? You're gonna see that he got thick, yeah, like, like spoiled or ripped. Oh. Don't Varun, don't ruin I mean, no, it. For they us. don't show him shirtless or anything. But Varun Aww, did, did start working bigger. out and got bigger. Yeah, that's awesome. Good for Cowards. him, man. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, that is cowardice. We want cowardice. Jeremy penis. You can, penis. you can show a lot of midriff for Melanie Scrafan. You can't show me Jeremy penis, dude. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or even like a crop top. Give us a fucking crop top for Jeremy. Absolutely. Yeah, give that. Us, yeah, give us a show freaking me crop top. Why Nona midriff, but you can't show me Jeremy penis? <laughs> yeah, what's that about? What the what's fuck? that about, man? These the Carnival Row writers must be writing this show. <laughs> Wow, that's a that hits just with these four people. Yes, it really yeah, does. right. <laughs> just Carnival Road team is back for Winona. <laughs> wow, kick this episode off. Winona gets taken in the barn, brought to BBD, and Varun or not Varun. Wow, I'm already fucking it up. Jeremy and the team are calling her Agent Arp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Hell yeah, brother!" Yeah. Buys them deems. Yeah, I wrote so I wrote good. that note down for Kyle because hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved everything about 
her getting kidnapped and like coming back to BBD. I thought her reaction to everything was great. Like what she gets forced to do was great. Jeremy coming back was great. Her and Jeremy in the the weapons and the armory and Jeremy's like showing her what he did with Antony. I one of my favorite pop culture references in the show. Definitely. Yeah. When he's like, if you want to turn something into guacamole, you bring Antony. <laughs> that was really funny. And she's fucking with him in the truck when she has yeah. the gun. She's like, ooh, 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 ooh. And he just says, fuck you and bang, just walks bang. away. Yeah, bang, yeah. bang. That's so good. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a couple good pop culture. Uh, culture references when they go to Man Clanton's and uh, Nicole makes a She-Ra reference, which is like big in this in this fandom. And when Waverly's like, oh, I would die. Yeah, <laughs> it's the best. So cute. I loved that. And then I think it's really smart. They keep making Fleabag references because, like, in the eighteen months that show became big, and Winona wouldn't have known that. And I thought that was like smart to be like. Pick a show that came out within the 18 oh, months cool. so Winona like wouldn't have. She's like, what is this Fleabag thing? What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> which I like. I think that's cute. But and besides really the liked, Property Brothers. I really like the line that Waverly has when she's like going in the closet to get clothes and she's talking a hot and they're yeah. talking about. You know, she's like, whose ass do I have to kick? And she says a line with her. Uh, what does she say? Like, I'll stick my foot so far up someone's ass. I'll go a size up or something. <laughs> yeah. she's, she's cute as shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is cute as shit. Does she uh has she got rose in the ranks back, Luke, since uh I, I'm just literally that looking at so my notes. Barely English. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kathleen's in love, so she just can't talk. I'm like I was, saying this, I was saying this pre-podcast before we started recording, but I am just Winona is just the star yeah. to me now. Like she is just so much better when she is still the main character, but not everything is like super about Winona. And she, you know, she still has one or two cringe lines every single episode. But like I said, she's looking the hottest she ever has to me. And yeah. I think she's funny. And like the cultural reference are getting closer and closer to current day. You know, like I know it's it's, it's all modern and stuff, but like everything is like Jon Snow. Like that was awesome. Yeah. Just yeah. like everything about Winona, it's been going up. But yeah, I guess Nicole, I guess, is definitely below Waverly after where we we're at so far in the season. But that's by design. Nicole's not yeah. has a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Check the birth control three times, man. <laughs> Rule number one. Rule number one. I think Winona slash Melanie was in episode four. I thought she was amazing. I think. That might be one of the best like performances she's given. Oh, hundred percent. Like yeah, it ran the whole gamut of we were laughing with her reunion with Jeremy and the whole like uh, employee of the month February twenty sixteen like shortest <laughs> month like that. Yeah, <laughs> those, those things were hitting well. I thought this episode, and then like when she is in the truck, she's stuck in the truck with the um the Reaper, Reaper which we, yeah we haven't really yeah. brought up yet, which we'll get to. That was like amazing act. That was like one of the first times I feel like we've really seen her terrified in that i wrote yeah. that exact line Fuck you yep. guys i wrote that exact same yeah, thing i've I never said, seen her that afraid that, and kyle oh like, my god we all wrote the point. same fucking thing <laughs> yeah and kyle i didn't even write point. it down i just thought it <laughs> <laughs> for you talking about season three kyle you would have been upset if the reaper's there and she's making jokes but the fact yeah. that she's actually showing terror and she's terrified and it's going to show us how big of a deal the reapers are going to be at least for now you know, that's awesome. And I'm sure you appreciated that, especially how you were saying at times you were, you know, worried about how it's a serious moment and she's making jokes. My my second note about that scene is exactly talking about that. But the problem is like, OK, she I I think that might be the best like minute or so of acting of the whole fucking series by Melanie. Like, I thought it was so freaking good how she showed her fear. But what I was going to say is then they hit a commercial and then as soon as they come back, she's doing her fucking joke thing again, even yeah. if she's just terrified. So it hit both notes. Yeah. Yeah. But I totally thought the beginning pre-commercial, I was like, wow, this was like real fucking good top tier acting. Yeah. And going exactly to what you're saying about the acting, even even the part where she's like begging Jeremy like to come back and be part of the group again and mm -hmm. trying to make sure that Jeremy comes back. That was really, really good acting as well. Ansel just hits the, the emotional beat, right? You, yeah. You see Winona kind of picking on Jeremy the whole series in the beginning, not even liking him, not wanting him around. So her begging him to come back is like such a good full circle growth moment. Yeah. And that's was one of the probably the most upset I was at Winona in the whole series is when she tries to blame 
everything with the dolls on Jeremy. Yeah. Right. It was like, yeah, I mean, you're upset and you have this grief, but as you know, hot said to her, you don't get to monopolize that grief. I thought that was just so unfair and totally rubbed me the wrong way, but she was great. Also, outside of the truck when they get into the woods and she's like the, the five stone. Oh yeah. There. Cause I, if I don't remember her ever having a quip in that scene, she doesn't. Yeah. Cause she gets away and is thinking like, Oh, and then she gets stuck again. And she, that's when like the fear really hits where she's mm-hmm. like yeah. almost like screaming at doc, like shoot him. Like, please. yeah. Yeah. And how petrifying when doc's like, shoot what? Like shoot what? Yeah. She, she's like, there, there. Shoot. Oh man, that's well, I agree. It's intense. The whole Reaper thing, like, I didn't know what the heck was going on at first when they introduced the Reaper. They do show him like a little bit earlier, but when they go to the junkyard and he's like right in Waverly's face, and then Waverly is just like kind of like laughing with Nicole, and you're wondering why, what's the heck's going on? Like, can only Waverly, can only Nicole? Oh, wait, neither can because they're not marked. Like, we don't know that till later. So I was like, what the heck is going on with this thing right in her face? Mm -hmm. And is that the same Reaper for the entire episode? It's their uncle, right? They say it's the uncle. Uncle Ike or something. Because don't they imply that there are multiple, there are more, all of the Reapers are their ancestors. I just didn't know if that, that meant that we saw multiple throughout this episode. Yeah. See, I took it as one because he was super busy. And he couldn't get to Rachel when he was going after Winona. But then we end up finding out that, you know, <laughs> it wasn't her that was marked. It was only Winona working anyway. working too hard. Yeah. It's but... so funny. He has like a schedule. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I, I'm busy right now with Winona. I'll get <laughs> to Rachel later. I'm going to have to ask for some overtime for this. <laughs> OK, so honestly, back to the rock. Um, I mean, I guess we haven't even mentioned Billy, right? Billy with Rachel, their buds. They go like scavenging together. Um, some like freaking awkward moments between the two of them. Little mm-hmm. teenage moments when he tries to kiss her. So funny. I think so. Martina, who plays Rachel, one, she's the singer for the, I want to say Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, she's an incredible singer. Wow. And she say, spoiler, she sings in the series at some point, but for all home games, right? Wow. So, but this is her first acting gig. So, wow. Whoa, good I, for shout her. out to her. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure about Billy, but I think he's pretty green too. So, mm. um, I think they're great. They're cute. Um, but yeah. So, um, so the clans have the power to take a picture of someone, put their blood on the picture. It, it gets the Reapers, um, to sick them. What do Brands you guys them. think? Um, I think they did a really good job with like, I honestly forgot that Cleo was the one who reaped Winona. Mm-hmm. I forgot until the very end when when she had the bandage. I was like, oh, fuck. I forgot that yeah, Cleo reaps her. It actually just kind of like passed me by. I mm-hmm. forgot that the whole scene happened where you just see the blood on Winona's picture. And then when she says she was the one who did it, almost you telling me that's why brought it back into my head that, you know, she had to like cut her hand and put the blood on the picture. But yeah, I mean, it's cool. It was funny how she keeps thinking it's like a GPS thing. And it was like BBD following around and it keeps showing up in her pocket. And then she's like, oh, you know, this thing's a real deal here when she was in the truck. What do you guys think? I mean, they're talking it up like mortal enemy. Do you think these guys are going to stay around or do you think it's going to be like a midseason where we're done with them and then BBD takes over as the big bad or? Well, if they don't connect it to Eve, I'm assuming I'm hoping that it's a midseason done thing. But at the same time, like when they use the words Wyatt Earp's most uh, what what is it? Wyatt Earp's greatest enemies. Yeah, like, that to me, me deserves more than three episodes. Yeah. So it's like I'm back and forth. Like, how are they going to organically integrate Eve, which I really want? And not even mentioning the fact that Adam was like a huge topic of conversation the first two episodes, which I don't know if that was a season five plan down the road or if we're going to get that in the back half. But uh, yeah, I really don't. I don't know. I feel like ma'am doesn't got a lot going on for her besides their couple ancestors things like doesn't seem like she can be another eight episodes worth of a bad guy. I also feel like we're kind of past Wyatt Earp. I feel like we've kind of moved on from Wyatt's shadow hanging over Winona and the Earps and the Earp curse and stuff. I don't know that him being their greatest enemy or rather the clans being his greatest enemy is something that really needs to be a full season thing. I think I would be perfectly fine with clans getting wrapped up by six mid season. And then we come in and seven when the weather's nice, it's spring. 
and we kind of see where we're at with Eve. I think that in my head feels like a very nice and neat structure that I would be perfectly fine with. Um, ask, you could just tell me if I'm going too into this or if I'm missing something or if it's not even worth talking about, but we had the whole thing with, I guess the curse, maybe, you know, I'm going back to Winona's older sister where she walked through with peacemaker to open the gate so that the monsters could come in and some came in, but then they closed it. What was the situation here where they basically said like shit hit the fan 18 months ago? Obviously it's when they went to Eden and stuff. Is there something to do with that? Where like, they were like all the demons came in, like it did something, the gate open again, or is it just that I, I am I missing something? So- I, I'm going to try and answer this. So in season three, the, the Revenants and Jolene and everyone is like, you're fealty, you're fealty, right? I'm paying fealty. They're all scared of Bolshar. Yeah. Um, with Bolshar being dead and gone, I think that let the demons kind of run free. It's kind of like the inmates running the asylum is one. Okay. Um, but I just think in general, like opening a door to fucking Eden, like has repercussions, you know? Okay. Yeah. Again, I, I figured it's a question that doesn't need to be thought about too much, but I just didn't know if I missed anything. Luke, Kyle, do you agree? That sounds like good head cannon to me. I have oh. no, I have no other answer to that. If I'm honest, I was thinking about it. Like, as I was writing my notes, like, what the heck is the deal with the whole barrier and stuff and like how it even is connect? how how seriously interlocked is it with specifically the Earp curse versus, you know, like all these random non revenant demons and stuff. But to be honest, I don't really have a response. I, I thought maybe it would be talked about later, but at the same time, if it wasn't, it's not the end of the world. I feel like you boys would really like this. Um, in episode three, when when Waverly says, how old even am I? And then again, when her and Nicole in the beginning of four having the conversation, and she's like, why so many demons? And who's holding? What's with the border? And what happened to Peacemaker? Like, I kind of like that they're having that very, yeah. very meta, very self-aware yes. ex- exposition type of thing where it's like, here are all the questions that we have and yep. we're going to answer at some point. You know, I, I love that. And I thought you boys would appreciate it because no, I totally wrote that of, down. You guys are the kings of just give me a line. Give me a throwaway yeah, line give me that something. explains it away. I love that. That's all it takes. Now, yeah. for the homies here, Kathleen, you're not a homie because we're the, oh, we're the noobs. That we're the, hurts me. Yeah, sorry. With QB1 here, Robin, yeah. do we think that they silently wrote him off or do we think we'll get him back? I'm guessing wrote off. I think he's wrote off too. Like, I think he's done. Because of how Jeremy responds saying, leave him out of this, basically. Yeah, he's safe. Leave him out. Yeah, I'm assuming he's outside of the Ghost River Triangle. He could get brought up again by name, but I don't think we'll see him. Right. That's what I think. He's going to be Jeremy's plus one at the wedding. Oh, Ooh, I like that. One. What wedding? Yeah, how do you know uh, there's a wedding, dude? What? Come on. Come on. Come on. You act like I can't read sexual tension. <laughs> <laughs> she, wait, what? Nicole literally what? Oh, okay. said... Nothing when Waverly brought up the wedding, man. She kissed her and changed the subject. That means no wedding, Kyle. Not happening. Yeah, you want to bet? <laughs> there are sexy gay aunts. They have to get married. And also another I love you from Waverly to Nicole Kathleen after you told me last episode that she hadn't really said that before. Yeah. Just, you know, so. When did she say it? At which point? When they're in the bed and she goes, love I love that you. Scene. She's like, <laughs> every taste, every sigh, every yeah. curve. I'm like, fuck me up. Kidding yeah, because she's like, did Eve trick you at all? And she's like, no yeah. way. But I would have known. Yeah. <laughs> she ain't got your moves, Nicole. <laughs> she doesn't have the way of finding things, wink. Yeah. That you have. Hot. I'm sitting, listen, I'm sitting here in, this is for all those Binge Town fans out there. I'm sitting here in Dave's room right now recording this. And in the background, <laughs> he was watching Netflix. And like, you know, after you don't watch Netflix for long enough, it starts showing just random shows. Yeah. So so right there in a row, it just flashed the OA, Mindhunters, nice. Haunting of Bly Manor, and then Queen's Gambit, like back to back. I was like, Jesus it. Christ, they know I'm looking. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you and then you hit the button. It says, we're not going to make it to Mount Weather. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's a deep binge down cut. Right yeah. there. It really oh, is. Shit. 
If you well, get that the- joke, message us. You're getting a shirt. Yeah, you get yeah. a T-shirt if you get that joke. Wow, that show. I'm not gonna say the show because message us and you get a T-shirt. Yeah, but that show feels like a thousand years ago. I know. Yes, it does transition from a nice, loving relationship of Waverly and Hot to an awkward, weird one with Rachel and what's that kid's name? Billy. 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 I just couldn't get over that he rips out that huge tooth. Yeah. And is just like bloody on his fingers, blood on his mouth, and then kisses her. Thought that was so unbelievable. Well, it was only on the cheek. It was only on the cheek. Okay. Let me just (laughs) rip some teeth out of my mouth and and lay a nice fat bloody smooch on your cheek, James. Jeez, you can kiss my cheek anytime you want, Kyle. I'll kiss a little more than your cheek. (laughs) Hey. Hey, yeah, yeah. I, but yeah, no. I mean, I, move. I, as he was going in for it, I was like, "There's no way he's kissing her on the lips, right?" Yeah, now. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing. Is he dead? No, he. Remember, he said, "Well, we don't know," but they said he's like chained up. The Reapers near him, going after him, and I, I, I took it like he's like going to take him over. Another one of those situations where, because she said, "You're going to kill Rachel for me," and then the. The sheriff, who we didn't bring up yet as the brother and Cleo, were like, what, do you, what, we're having dinner and you're not we're not going to go get him. We're still leaving him outside like they're obviously all a little bit nicer than man. Yeah, I think he's going to be another Reaper. Yeah, we okay. talked about how. Yeah, kind of turn him into a Reaper, you're saying? Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. paying this guy overtime. They might as well split the workload. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's m- ma'am is fucking mad that Cleo was like, these are not your um uh, attack dogs you can't just fucking use this whenever you want but it's also like yeah you can <laughs> what's the kid's name again billy yeah i mean billy's younger he doesn't have much of a resume so he probably takes minimum wage <laughs> and it's not as hard to pay him for the reaper exploiting boss. child labor yeah Man, it's the, weird... the uncle's the uncle's been around for a long time killed a lot of people he probably demands a lot more pay yeah, it's definitely Disgusting. tenure yeah, he's got tenure. Is it is it weird that I kind of liked the sheriff a tiny bit? Especially, I mean, I guess mostly because of his appearance in episode three. He felt like he wasn't like Cleo, like erratic and just crazy because he was kind of like trying to he stopped them from hanging Winona. Right. And then yeah. he, yeah. he kind of did the whole like we got to get due process kind of thing. And he seemed a little bit nicer. And even when they were going to sit down and do grace at the end of episode four, he was like a little bit reluctant. Like he seems to know that that ma'am is psycho bitch yeah i mean he was defending billy and trying to be yeah. like don't leave him outside bring him in and um did i miss anything or was that when we find out that they're brother and sister that was then That's okay the- i was gonna say because i was like cleo as the magistrate and him as the sheriff when they're first introduced i was like they don't look like they would work well together but it makes sense because they're brother and sister so yeah yeah, because she's so crazy and he's level. Yeah, exactly. So do you right. think we're yeah. going to get a, a daddy clan? Daddy? Daddy? Um, I mean, be... why not? I mean, you know. Uh, what is it Adam? Daddy? Is it Adam? Like, is the dad like, like ma'am is the mom? And... <laughs> oh, okay. Like... <laughs> <laughs> what do you, you mean like, by daddy? What's daddy? <laughs> well, I was just saying, Colt's kind of handsome. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Holt? Dad. Colt. Isn't his name Colt? No, it's Holt. It's, it's Holt, Holt and Chloe. It's Detective uh, Holt. No, Cleo. Oh, Cleo. <laughs> What'd you say, okay. Luke? Cleo Chloe. and Colt. It's Cleo and Colt is who it is. Yeah. Chloe right, so and Colt. Cleo and Holt. You can't be a daddy like the way I'm thinking a daddy with a name like Holt. So never mind. <laughs> Detective Holt from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Is no? he a daddy, though? Oh, he's a daddy. He's the man. <laughs> okay, so... Billy saves. I liked the bit where he thought she was going after Rachel because of she was wearing the jacket. Because one, I love when she's like, the jacket looks better on me anyway. And Waverly's like, don't ever say that to her. So funny. Great delivery by Waverly. I like that that came back around. There's always I mean, not always, but I like that those little throwaway lines aren't actually throwaway. But so, yeah, Billy saves Winona unknowingly again. Just want to hype up Melanie Scrifano's performance. I I just think she she puts out some of the best performances I've seen this entire season. Just wait. Um, go ahead, Kai. I just I think we'll be the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle's looking Such forward a fucking to it. Dick. Kyle's um, looking forward to it. Okay, so let's. Uh, 
come back around to what you think about the last scene with ma'am and Nicole. So first, my first question is when Nicole was and Waverly were originally at the junkyard, when Rachel takes them there, did you sense that ma'am and Nicole had already known each other? Yes. Okay. Because Nicole's looking at her because ma'am's like, don't touch that. Don't touch that. And Nicole's like, Okay, Jesus, we're not like, you know, Yeah, I I mean, I got like a, the gist that I didn't take it like there was going to be a big connection like we get at the end. But I took it like, OK, the 18 months, something was, you know, she's familiar with this family or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I guess let's put it on the board again. Do you so you guys all three of you think that Nicole's a Clinton or do you have any other theories? No, no, no. 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 I don't even I don't even think that anymore. Okay. I'm, just, I'm just saying that I it totally could be a possibility and it would probably be satisfying if it did it the right way because it would connect her backstory and like Nedley kind of, you know, how raised her and stuff like that. It could it could make that if it was done well, really, really good. But I, I doubt it. Yeah, I took it more like she made the deal with the devil, yeah. which is ma'am saying, get Waverly out of Eden. I'll do anything I can. And, you know, that's where the scene comes in, where. She's like, oh, you think this is over? Ain't over. Ain't over. So what was that? Like bees? Well, I don't know. Like I'm sitting there. It's funny because you don't know what's in that jar. So Nicole had it the entire time, but she's giving it back saying we're done here. And then ma'am opens it and it basically attacks or takes over Nicole. So I, I don't know what the deal is because you would think that the deal would go the other way where ma'am would be holding the jar saying, I won't open it as long as you keep your side of the bargain to Nicole. But mm-hmm. the fact that Nicole gave it back, I don't know what's going on with that. I hope it's not possession. Yeah. I, I don't want another possession story. Yeah. I'd be out. I think you're <laughs> right though, Jimmy with that's an interesting wrinkle in that hot hat at this whole time. Right. Why did she have it? Some type of it. Yeah, because ha- she wouldn't hold collateral for right. Ma. Ma. So. It, also, it also feels wrong because of how Nicole was acting the whole episode. Like when she was about to hook up, I forget if it was three or four, when she was about to hook up with Waverly and then she walks out. Yeah. So like she's like paranoid, right? And she's yeah, like, she I gotta go check the traps. So it's not like ma'am was protecting prior to that. I wonder if like. I don't know. I like to think too much, but I'm wondering if like certain things will alert her to maybe like a meeting or something with ma'am than like in the middle of the night or something like, you know, because she's saying I need to check the traps, but I don't know. I feel like she would be more nervous about ma'am and, and this bargain they have. So maybe it's like that's their signal to meet. And it was really just at the time Winona going mm-hmm. to the bathroom oh, or getting possible. food or whatever the hell it was. I'm also thinking, I mean, what did Hot want? Hot wanted a way to either get to Eden or get them out of Eden. Mm-hmm. So maybe the bees slash moths slash whatever they were was like a way to get yourself past barriers. Mm-hmm. Because we've seen people getting stopped by barriers on their way to Eden. And the way that with the staircase, we watched them. Obviously, why not? It goes through BBD. But that's the only thing I can think of. Speaking of barriers, what was that barrier thing that happened with the rocks? So that was just like a stone thing that the Clantons do. Okay, so it was a stone barrier keeping her in, but it let Doc in and the Reaper could have gotten in and then he kicked the rocks over so they can get out. Yeah, so it's only a Winona thing. Like it's again with Kyle, it's kind of like. You slice the thing. Oh, you're yep. branded. It's, yeah. It, yeah, it's it's fully a wine on a thing, and that does come back at some point. So okay. damn, Kathleen, great picture. Yeah, I know. And I have the exact opposite reaction. It's a ridiculous picture. Really? <laughs> Why? Because that's her outfit for the final battle. Oh, I know. <laughs> so currently, for the for the people listening, we're looking at Winona in her bralette, like like. Uh, I can't even think of it. Like netted bralette with a with a fucking leather jacket, leather pants, fighting bull <laughs> with peacemaker in hand. So the hot. Sword. It's supposed so to be like winter, aren't they? In like Wyoming or something? Yeah. Yeah. Poor, poor. These people probably freezing their fucking tits off just to get this shot. And Kyle's calling it weird. 
I didn't say weird. <laughs> so absurd. I think you did say weird. Let's, can you play that back? Yeah. Producer um, Dave, can you play that back? Moving on. Okay. Um, do, do we have anything else we want to talk about? Just, I think Nicole and Waverly are so fucking cute. Even with Nicole being a little weird, I think Doc is absolutely sexy. I agree with Luke. Winona's absolutely sexy. I just like Jeremy's the best. Love you, Jer Bear. Just the best. <laughs> my parting shot will be that lawyer Waverly. Might be my favorite character in the show. Yes, yes. Habeas <laughs> corpus. I no, like we how, need a body. <laughs> I like how Chloe also gave her some props, and I'm going yeah. with Chloe now as her name. <laughs> <laughs> gave her some uh, props on her outfit. Oh, I also love that. Like, why not? Like, did you ask her something about like wearing clothes? And she's like, well, she definitely wasn't wearing panties. And yeah. looks at her like, she's like, what? I couldn't help it. <laughs> she, yeah, she was on an elevated service, man. With a skirt <laughs> on. I looked. I love that. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that was our coverage of episodes three and four. Winona Earp season four. We're coming back to you with five and six, which is leading up to the mid-season finale. We're heating up. We are absolutely heating the fuck up. Give us a follow on Binchtown TV on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also email us at binchtowntv.com. If you have uh, something to comment on or a critique or anything you want to say, Shout us out, man. You can tweet at us or you can just direct message us. We fucking love it. Just shoot it our way. Um, yeah, uh, that was Town TV. And thanks for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.